how should I start? Should I be like, all right, or just like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, just make it very ad lib. Like, I maybe like just as if we're in like a conversation and I just started just general as if we're like just talking normally anyway. Um, right. Yeah. Look, no, kind of like what we're doing now. Yeah. And then you just go into it. Like, you can even start with the bit where you said we can just start with just talking about it now. So we can just start by just talking about it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically. Because <laughs> how does anyone start a podcast normally? Because I think that's fine. Right. I mean, it's okay. just that sort of cheesy YouTube bullshit. Like, hey, welcome to... Hey, you just caught us off the cuff. Wow, what a crazy, <laughs> crazy time. We've not planned um... this at all. We haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we're doing this now. I feel like that's what's happening. Um, <laughs> I think that's fine. Um, yep, we're in. So cricket... <laughs> Here we are. I've heard of it. Having a little podcast. Heard of it. I've, 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 I've you know, frequented in the sport some kind of time. Sometimes I've watched it. It's been good times. Um, people listening to us will, will not know us from Chalk and Cheese, really. But my name is Matthew. Your your name is Jamie, as far yeah. as I'm aware. As far as I'm um, <laughs> And, you know, just here to have a chat about all things Crick, really. I think what I wanted just to start, because um, I don't think I've ever asked you this before in all our many years of friendship um, i mean get prepared for me to say you have but go on i probably <laughs> i probably have um but what is your first memory of the crick or the cricket as they say oh because i don't because i don't know if you were you 2005 i don't think you were 2005 ashes yeah i, I can't remember I think that's my first memory. I think I first got in... When was the next Home Ashes after that? 2008? 2007? 2009. So I think I started getting into it properly 2009. Yeah. But my first memories of cricket were that drunken bus tour with Freddie and KP. <laughs> Classic. Like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on, but that's burned in my mind as the first memory of cricket. Yeah, as it being something other than just a thing down a village screen. So, so if that was the first, would you remember like the first game you watched? Or, oh, like when realized that oh maybe this is an interest of something I like. Oh, like no idea what the first game it was. I no. the first game I remember. I th it must have been the two thousand and nine Ashes, mm. because I remember flicking between the Ashes and. Chelsea against Fulham and every time I flicked to one sure. there was like Chelsea scored so I went, I'm going to flick back to the cricket oh there's a wicket I'll flick back to the football quick oh fuck Fulham have equalised yeah <laughs> and that, that's the first game I remember watching vividly because I remember the football <laughs> that's, that's a great endorsement for, for cricket I remember the football so I remember the cricket but yeah that's that's fair I mean it's yeah I think for me it was I think mostly I was, I think, hooked from 2005, I think, by mm -hmm. a lot of people. But I remember my first main memory. I guess there was two. There was one time when Brian Lara, for those who are probably one of the, if not greatest batsmen of our generation at least, um, was playing a warm-up game. I don't know if you've even I've told you this, but he's playing a warm-up game at Stratford-upon-Avon against Stratford. Um, and had a team of like 
Chris Gale, Chandra Paul, um, Powell in the team. It was nonsense. Um, and I remember I left school early to go and see the end and try. And I managed to get Lara's autograph that day by just a huge, like, mob of children as he came off after scoring about, I think, 40 of about 10 balls or something. Um, but it was nonsense. It was weird. I didn't really understand what was going on, but I think I went with my granddad and my dad and they were just like, this is a kind of a once in a lifetime thing. But I sort of went along not really understanding. I knew my dad played cricket, but I didn't really understand the importance of it all. And I think it was my dad or my granddad took me into the pavilion and there was just a whole line of West Indian players just sitting on the balcony watching the game. And I had a little kind of one of those autograph bats um, and they just and I just said, can I have the autograph? And they passed it all the way down. So I've got this autograph with about 12 West Indian signatures of like, just, you know, people like Chandra Paul, Chris Gale, Brian Lara. When at the time I was like, OK, that's cool. But now looking back at them, I'm like, how <laughs> I've, I've literally seen all of these people in person, including Brian Lara. And I, I just had no understanding of it at all at the time I remember vividly Brian Lara walking off after he got out and just a huge like mosh pit of children chasing him but yeah that's that's wild that's the most surreal image you can have like, yeah. I, for you as a child it's not surreal at all because you don't know what's no, no, no. going on but like looking back it's like why are the there are like ele- at least 11 West Indian cricketers at Stratford <laughs> For a warm-up game for a test match, they've gone to play it, or it might have been a one-day game, I don't know, but there's a warm-up for an England series, and they were playing at Stratford-upon-Avon against Stratford. As far as I know, it was against Stratford. It might have been like a Warwickshire third team or something, but like... I was going to say, I thought, like, Stratfordians go to West Indies for holiday, West oh, yeah. Indians go to Stratford. <laughs> <All the time. laughs> but no, that was surreal. That was a weird time. I have to try and find that bat and take a picture or something. Um, but that was my first kind of... I guess introduction because my dad has always played and my granddad was huge and big fan of Worcester and things like that. Um, but then my first proper live cricket experience where I sort of went and sort of began to understand it. I went to 2004. It was, I think it was 2004 test match against New Zealand and it was Strauss's first game and oh, NASA's my... last game. Oh, um, what a passing of a torch that is. Right. <laughs> um, and it was famously when I think Strauss got 100 in his first innings and then NASA ran him out for about 80 or 90 in the second inning. Oh, and I yeah, saw that yeah, live. Yeah. yeah, but NASA then got 100 in his last innings as well. So quite like cookie-esque. It, it all worked out. It all worked out. That's all that mattered. But yeah, that was also another surreal one. Again, more at the time, I remember it popped up. We were watching it on TV and it popped up saying, kids go free. And it was for a Monday Um and obviously would be at school. And then my dad phoned up high primary school and said, I want to take him on an educational visit to Lord's. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I you... think the headmaster is... <laughs> Sorry, God. What are you being taught at Lord's? <laughs> the history of cricket, of our great game. Um, but I think the headmaster was great. He was a sort of, it's like, oh no, you can't go. Absolutely not. I have to go instead. Um, but yeah, so I managed to get the day off, which is great. Um, and saw that game, and I think yeah, it's the first time I went to a big stadium like that, and kind of remembered it, and that kind of hum of the Lord's vibe is something not forget, especially kind of the circumstance of NASA's last game and yeah, stuff. Yeah. 
Um, just that that general buzz and atmosphere of the whole test match. Yeah, because it's, it's not like any other sport, is it? You know, it's it's that, it's it's got that weird kind of how the it all builds up and it's so quiet at times and strange. It's strange, but yeah, that's my first main memory, and then obviously yeah, I think stemmed from about two thousand and five. Nice. But yeah, and then we went to one, didn't we? When was our first game? Was it a Craig Keysvetter game? We went to then we went to a twenty twenty, didn't we? Or like a rain effect one, rain affected one. There maybe. was definitely a Warwickshire game where we put a bet on Craig Keysvetter. Yeah. For me to like his Facebook page, and I <laughs> laughed. Um, yeah. There was another Edgbaston game between England and South Africa that was reduced to like 10, 11 overs. I think mm-hmm. like Hales and I mean I know Hales is like batting Butler. and yeah like they got and he's a, better as well I think yeah 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 maybe I think they got over a hundred in those ten overs mm. easily and I that was great that one yeah look, like yeah the atmosphere in that was great as well considering it was rained half off. <laughs> Edge percent is just great. I mean, we've yeah. obviously been there loads of times, but mm-hmm. that kind of holly stand, brilliant. Um, but yeah, I thought it'd just be quite fun, just to be like first crickness, a few little stories. Yeah, no, I don't um, think you've ever asked me that before, so GG. GG <laughs> is a good one to start off with. Um, but yeah, obviously, in terms of like kind of memories and stuff, and this week, I mean, it feels a bit of a somber week to start a podcast, obviously, with the passing of. Shane Warne uh, a couple of days ago, which just, you know, even saying those words just feels a bit, doesn't feel right at all for someone like Shane Warne, like, you know, just, just was, in many ways, was just, you know, transcended the game, was just huge and, I mean, just devastating news. I mean, uh, like we, so, I think it's, yeah. We've had a couple of days to process it still, and it mm. still feels like it's not, real like when it when the news broke you just it's come out of nowhere you're not expecting someone at 52 to just pass away suddenly absolutely not but for it to be shame one as well yeah yeah. exactly someone who's just so so yeah just you know it does everything you know you know 100 percent everything like that and when you think of cricket i mean not far down the line you're going to think of shane warne or like Giddy going like bowling Shane or something like that. It's, it's, no, it's not never going to be far off, especially for a casual one as well, a casual yeah. fan as well. It's, it's huge. Yeah, like, like literally a couple of days before, I was for some reason I was thinking, who's the best bowler of all time? And like, well, is it? Like, I have no idea why. And I was like comparing, should you put spinners in the same brackets of seamers or what? And I was like, well, Warren's absolutely the best spinner of all time. Like. And I just thought, like, if there's one last over in a test match and you need one wicket to win, if you could pick any bowler out of anyone that's bowled in the game, I'm picking Warren every time. Oh, 100%. Because, I mean, you look at the only bowler rather than Murilifrin, who is, again, fantastic in their own right. But, I mean, Sri Lankan conditions obviously more beneficial for spinners, but I'm obviously not taking anything away from Murali because incredible bowler, like 800 wickets, nonsense. But... For Shane, for, and for leg spin as well, that's the thing. It's like you've got to try and, first of all, you've got to try and 
back of your hand. Now you've got to try and get some momentum to actually get the ball to the other end. And then the flipper. I don't think there's a lot of talk about his doozer wasn't great, but I can't really understand the doozer really much. I can't really comment on that. But like, you know, those balls like people like Strauss and Gatting are just going to go down in history forever as some of the greatest balls ever bowled. Yeah, that one delivery to Strauss, which is it's one of those highlights that every cricket fan has got like just burned in their memory. In great, yeah, massively, massively. Um, so it just. It just feels it just feels strange, and you know, obviously all the thoughts of like friends and family and things like that. But I think with with Shane, it just it goes to I think ev- anyone who's even got a passing interest in cricket, I do think this is affected in some way. And I think it has like it sounds cliche to say, but it's so real to say that I think it has shook the game or rocked the game to its core a bit. Like obviously it all happened, and then suddenly there's cricket going on the next day, and you're sort of like this doesn't feel like it matters but at the same time cricket is Shane and cricket is still happening but it just feels it's a weird disconnect and feels like the game is broken in a way and it's hard to really put into words about a guy we've never met or interacted with at all but just to you know completely you know rock you I guess and it's just it's just a real shame like obviously his record speaks for himself but I also this thing as a you know, person and a, a commentator of the game and a coach and everything. And I think, you know, a lot, a lot of us would jest of the kind of commentary we got in this year's Ashes. But, I mean, especially when Warren was commentating in England tests for Sky, whenever he was commentating, I'd normally want to stop and listen. I think, you know, the rapport he has with people like Nass and Bumble and stuff has been great. I think I remember one specifically, I think 2009, when Warren was just first starting to commentate, when it's just classic kind of winding him up. I think Bumble, there's, there had been a week break between the third and fourth test and Warren was asking Bumble what he'd been up to. And for ages, Bumble was talking about how he went to LA for like 10 days and it was just all height and glitz and glam. It's amazing. And Warren was completely buying in, being like, oh, did you go here? What Did you do this? This is great. Have you tried this place? And then, like, Bumble was like, what are you on about? Went to Lower Accrington. Like, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> just, like... And then just, it's, I think, just seeing all those kind of relationships, uh, like, evolve over the years. And, like, man, even, like, a couple of weeks ago, just doing a podcast, I think, with Rob Key and Nasser Hussain, like... And I was I was listening to that on Tuesday and being like... And we were talking about he could potentially be in the line to be an England coach. Yeah. I mean, and he then, was... He was commentating on an Australia match a couple of weeks ago, wasn't he? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just just completely shocking. It's yeah. just like, don't think I'll ever get, be able to pull into words. And you also had another a great Aussie great, Rob Marshall, also passed away as well. It's just been a not a good week for cricket, I'd say. So, yeah, sad times. And yeah. I don't think you'll ever really get over it. And I hear that they're naming the one of the stands at the MCG after him. I think he's already got a statue outside and I'm, I think there's also going to be a state funeral for him as well, which just really showcases the magnitude of the guy. Yeah, and um, rightly so. And it, even that just doesn't feel like enough for no. someone of his quality and stature. Just Absolutely not. No, definitely. I mean, he was, yeah, named, I think he was named one of the, in the cricketing team of the century. Um, I think 
the 20th century, but then obviously gets in the 21st, but like incredible and just an absolutely incredible bowler. And I we still talk about him and, you know, he retired in 2007, but he's just, I don't think anyone will ever, ever come close, if I'm honest. No, I don't think there'll be any bowler batsmen are more afraid of than Shane, unless it's like Dale Staines bowling a 200 mile an hour bouncer at your head. That, like, <laughs> Yeah, like holding or something. Yeah, mm-hmm, it's, yeah. he was just a, just a wizard in his craft, really. And it's just, just, yeah, just a constant threat. Every single ball. 100%. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just a shame. And I just, yeah, it's just nothing I'll get. And again, all the stories I've heard from people and people who knew him is just, you know, just really epitomized what, what a guy he was and what always being wanting to help young leg spinners build and grow. And yeah, like, yeah, just like, wasn't he helping, um, Ashton Agar with his spinning for a long time because when Agar first came on the scene in that Mac mm. he got like 90 odd against England like yeah, he, I think he might, yeah yeah like he was just a left arm off spinner then and now he's a leg spinner I think because he's been working with or he was working with Warren I think he's worked with so many I think he's even he, I I remember as well vividly I think maybe it might have been I think Will Beer, I think, who played for Sussex or something. And there was a time, I think, during, again, 2009, when they were just practising leg spin on the pitch, I think, so in the squad for England, potentially, or around the squad. And then Warren was just with them the entire lunch break, just helping them grow. And Yeah, what a guy. Just will be missed. I think that's... Uh, Yeah, absolutely. A bit to me. What a great guy, and it's just such such a shame. Um, Yeah, legend. Absolutely. Um, I did mention briefly. I mean, there is, there is cricket going on, <laughs> which again just feels weird to talk about. One will be very quickly to go over very briefly. The Indian Sri Lanka that was done in three days. Sri Lanka barely turned up. <laughs> I, um, I mean, <laughs> both of their 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 two innings were basically carbon copies of each other. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. first innings, you've got Nisanka playing pretty well yeah and then yeah. everyone's just losing their heads around him yeah and then you've got Metal. uh who was it second innings for the 50 was it dick weller i think it's dick weller came in at the end yeah and got off yeah and like yeah, he, just looking down for dick weller yep yeah like exactly the same innings everyone else just completely capitulating while the one player on 50 for sure and it's just, just, I think it's very classic kind of Sri Lanka, really, at where they are at cricket at the moment. But, you know, they had, I think, India about 220 for five. Um, and they end up getting 574. And it's, how, is, how has that happened? I think it's just they don't have that kind of killer instinct at the moment in terms of finishing a game off or finishing innings off or winning a game, really, at the moment. And it's just a bit of a shame to see, but... I'm sure they'll come back. It was obviously Virat's 100th game as well. Um, got I was, 45. Yeah, I was so surprised that Jadeja's... It's only Jadeja's second 100 in Test matches. Mm. And, and he's got 175 as well, yeah. I know, like... <laughs> and... Hold on, I've got this stat. So, stat attack. <laughs> so here comes the stat attack, yep. <laughs> he's 
only the second Indian to achieve 5,000 test runs and 400 wickets, along with Kapil Dev. And he's only got <laughs> two centuries. Yeah. It's nonsense. I think the only other 100 he got was the, just like literally just 100 and then they declared, I think, something like that. <laughs> the only 200s he's ever got and they've declared both times. Yeah, literally. He could have easy, he, he would have easily got a double 100 as well with throw it. Oh, for declared, sure. So. And nine wickets in the game. Nonsense. So, yeah, I think quite a worthy man in the match, Jadeja. Um, we've also got... Um, Australia and Pakistan playing on a road. Yeah, we can move um, on from that draw. I don't think really for such a monumental game as well. For I know teams obviously gone to Pakistan apart from notably England and New Zealand. Um, I know they've already been touring Pakistan for a little while now, which which is great. But for a team like Australia, for the first time in about t- over twenty years, I think, um, to go to Pakistan and to have this first game just be it's going to be like. 400 plays 500 plays 200 declared draw it's just a bit of a bit of a damp squid really um i think australia batted quite quickly today but it's it's flat (laughs) it's six wickets in three days it's one of those classic cricket matches that non-cricket fans would look to be like oh Mm. that's why cricket's boring isn't it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I know, it's just such a shame. Uh, I mean, quite sad for Uzi, Usman Khawaja in 97. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, Pakistani born. But um, yeah, I was, not, I, I, honest, I, was, I was looking at it earlier thinking, what can we say about Pakistan Australia at the moment other than flat? <laughs> it's weird. Like, the end of day three for two games, there's yeah. been a, there's a result in one game. And mm. there's as good a result in the other. They're yeah. both basically decided by day three. For sure. In- Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we know exactly what's happening. Um, uh, other cricket, women's World Cup's going on. Um, I think pretty much it's going to be between India and Australia. Australia just, I think, have won you know, a zillion games in a row and I think they're just impossible to beat at the moment. But there's a great game on the first game of the tournament, I think, between West Indies and New Zealand. Mm-hmm. West yeah, Indies yeah. won by three runs. Um, absolute scenes at the end um, because um, it was uh, Dotin who got, I think, there were three wickets in the last over. One was a run out, but they had to defend, or she had to defend, sorry. Um, yeah, literally six of the last over and then to only concede one run sorry two runs and to take three wickets pretty wild yeah i <laughs> pretty mean good last game yeah i was watching that specific over a little bit earlier yeah. and that last run out man it's <laughs> such a <laughs> shambles like absolutely shambles. it's just yeah it's classic like we need to do something need runs please <laughs> how yeah. like it it really reminds me of that moment in the the Stokes, Jack Leach, Ashes. Oh, God, yeah. Well, yeah, Le- yeah, yeah. Leach is halfway exactly. down the <laughs> yeah. pitch. Oh, Just brings back flashback memories. It's, yeah, awful. But, yeah. But it's a good win for West Indies. I think that's the first time they've beaten New Zealand in, um, I think, any kind of World Cup fixture in the women's game, which is great for them. But I think just you see the way that uh, India women beat Pakistan by 107 today. India are great. They're probably going to be there, thereabouts. Um, England got quite, quite close to Australia, but like 
the men's team didn't fail to win a single game in the Ashes in Australia this winter. Um, so so yeah. um, we yeah. we used to losing against Australia yeah. by now. <laughs> yeah, so I think it's pretty much going to be between India and Australia for that. To be honest, I, I think Australia can be very hard to beat. Um, so yeah, um, we'll keep seeing how that goes on. Um, in a couple of days, we've obviously got the series that I don't think really anyone wants to talk about. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so we've got West Indies and England coming up. I've got to tell you very quickly um, what the England cricket um, social media teams um, decided to share today. Awesome. Um, Great. I can't wait. So obviously just before we start recording, they announced the squad and it's for the first test, the first tw- the 12 players, obviously players missing out, Ollie Robinson injured, um, Matt Parkinson, which I, I've really failed to get my head around, um, Matt Fisher um, and Ollie Pope. So there's literally no surprises. It's going to be between obviously Sakib and Overton for that final spot. So Overton. And it'll be Overton. Yep. It's just, yeah, we all get that fresh new ideas and here we are. Yeah, so, I mean, um, what was Strauss <laughs> saying about trying new bowlers and players out for this series? Yeah, and if Robertson, if Robertson hadn't got injured, we would have bowled, played the same bowling attack that we played in Brisbane in the first game of the Ashes. Um, we all know how that went. So yeah, in the terms of their, in, um, their social media post, um, they literally post today as a little kind of um, training montage. Um, the three words they decided to do for this are focused, excited, <laughs> focused, excited, hungry. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> the last time England were in the West Indies touring, uh, Joe Root <laughs> hung out with Levi Roots. That's true. That so, was fantastic. What a time that was. Yeah, so I'm Gosh. sure Rooty's hungry for some more reggae reggae sauce. <laughs> yeah, of course, absolutely. So, I mean, that's obviously gone down very well. Um, <laughs> so I'm, <laughs> I'm glad to see that. So, yeah, obviously by the time we do the next, next podcast, I imagine that first game will be done. Um, any predictions on how that might go? Uh, draw. Um, I can't see either team putting their own stamp on the game at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I just think, yeah, yeah. Mm. I can't predict any player from England, at least, having a decent score beyond Root, and Root's been doing that for a year, basically, anyway. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And then we've suddenly gone for Dan Lawrence. Nothing against Dan Lawrence, but... He was in that Ashes squad all winter. Didn't get a single game. They played Pope again in that last test when it might have been a good chance to play Lawrence with Billings. I mean, Didn't play yeah. Lawrence, but now they play Lawrence now and still take Pope to the West Indies, but not play Pope. And it's sort of like, well, why are you taking Pope? I, it's just, I don't, <laughs> it doesn't make much sense to me. I mean, we've only got two openers in the entire squad. Yeah. We've only, and yeah. you can argue if Crawley is an actual opener. Yeah, still, yeah, still finding himself out because he's still young, and then we were obsessed about him being our number three. Now he's got to be our opener. And now roots a lot of. Now we have roots three again. Yep, finally, it's everything I wanted apart from. Uh, Apart from everything that's come with it. Yeah, apart. (laughs) Well, the only thing I'd want more is Saki Mahmood playing as well. But yeah, do you think 
obviously, I think we had kind of La Chance Saloon in in the Ashes. I think, you know, Joss Butler's never going to play any, a test match again as much as anyone says otherwise. I can't ever see that happening. Um, do you think this West Indies tour is last chance saloon for some players or some players are not even the squad? So do you think it's going to be the end of Jimmy Broad, people like Wokes, if it doesn't go well in test uh, matches at least? No, I don't think it's closed to anyone ever as long as a certain structure in the ECB exists. Like, mm. I know Johnny's done well recently, but he's always in and out of the squad. Mm. It's either him or Butler or whatever. We've got, we're finally getting folks as keeper, yeah. but if he doesn't have a decent tour with the bat, then I can imagine they'll just drop him and have Johnny keeping again. Yeah. Yeah. And then, that's, that's, that's my concern. Yeah. It's just all that kind of roundabout. A lot depends, obviously, what we get in terms of next coach and director of cricket, isn't yeah. it? It's, it's basically a write-off <laughs> tour. If we win, great. It's not going to say anything about the future. If we lose, no, of course not. No. Great. We'll bring in the forty-year-old <laughs> and thirty-five-year-old bowler <laughs> for our future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think yes, yeah, it's, it's 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 a mess. And I think it's also discredit to West Indies as well to be like we're not going to bring our two best bowlers for this tour because um, we want to give it to other other guys an opportunity. But then also to not play those other guys or even pick those other guys. Um, I mean, we could... Interesting. Saqib, Saqib could still play. We don't know. I think Saqib will play in the series. I think definitely. Um, I mean, Wood can't I'd... play three games in a row. So I'd assume True. that... He did play, yeah. I think he did play the last three Ashes games, actually, which might be good. So it might be good to show that his fitness is a bit better. But um, pff, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bit I'm, I'm normally really up and about for a test match and especially one that starts at two o'clock a wave and it's a great one to watch and have to get up at friggin you know four oh, a.m. Yeah, in the morning mm-hmm. yeah. um but then with this i just can't stomach any excitement for it but you know i'll watch it and i'll maybe be happy that we might get some runs um in terms we'll try and end it on some optimistic light um, what players would you like to see well do well in in the series? Is anyone you're looking out for, or looking forward to watching? Um, might be Saki if they play. <laughs> I mean, before the squad was announced, I wanted mm. Saqib and Matt Parkinson in the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that Root has much confidence in Jack Leach's bowling. Not at all, no. So he doesn't. He's not going to have faith in a leg spinner, is he? I mean, he just. He's got more faith in his own spin bowling, which... He has, yeah. <laughs> and obviously we don't have Mo to just no. come in and do whatever Root and the coach wants him to do. Like, No, yeah. Uh, am I excited for any of those? <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice excited... to see... Yeah. It'd be nice to see Sorry. Crawley open. It'll be nice to see folks keeping... Mm. Uh, hopefully Stokes is getting back to a bit more. Yeah, he bowled a bit at the end of the warm-up game, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully his yeah. form and fitness is closer to where yeah. it should be. Yeah. Roots. Roots always nice to watch bat. Mm-hmm. But I can't say I'm particularly hyped for it. <laughs> no, it's always nice to see folks keep. Um, 
I want to say that I'm excited to see Alex Lees open the batting, but I I think I'm quite jaded from the number of openers that we've used in the last 10 years that, I don't know, I don't want to put too much hope onto a new opening batter, but he's a left-hander, loves a sweep, loves a block. I'd like to see him do well, but um, yeah, I think folks... Be nice to see you do well. I hope Leach does do well. I've already want Parkinson to play. I think it probably might West Indies. You can probably play two spinners, but um, I would like to see Leach do well. Um, I worry if he doesn't really perform this series, then they may look elsewhere, which may be for the best. But you know, it's, it's difficult not to like Leach, and I'd like to see him do well. But we shall see. I'm excited to see Craig Overton running at 83 miles an hour and score 15 or 40, batting at eight. I mean, whatever, <laughs> whatever gets you off, man. <laughs> so right, so that's the exciting cricket chat for this upcoming Test match for England v West Indies starting on Tuesday. Can't wait. Um, so we've got two more features, I think, just to finish off our first show. How exciting! Um, so do you want to do? I, I think I'm doing mine when I first some silly points. Yeah. Yeah, which is a fun little phrase. Points that city, city points like the fielding position. Um, oh, it's like the fielding position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so basically, it. it's. I think it's more of a city overall points because it's more of a story. So I've been looking at um, the origins of cricket, right? Because um, I think it's I think it's quite quite interesting. And because um, you're cool like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so. It's, there's no concrete real answer for sure when it started. Like there's some speculations that it started in France. Um, so origins, origins of cricket. I don't know. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But um, yeah, so that could be. So maybe in France, how exciting. Um, it also suggests that Krieg was an old English word for cricket. So Krieg. Um, um, do you think there's any like? Links to croquet, if it's potentially potentially originated um, from France. Yeah, maybe potentially that make make sense. Um, there's also a lot of talk that it probably derived from bowls, if bowls was the older sport. Um, so it would basically be the intervention of a batter, um, trying to stop the ball from reaching the other balls and bowls, I guess. Um, but they also used to use um, um, a matted lump of sheep's wool for like the ball. <laughs> when the very origins um or as any kind of farm tool for the kind of wicket like a stool or a tree stump and stuff like that so that might be fun if we can try and find a stick and some wool and a I, i'm i'm stuck on the wool how does how does the wool <laughs> work? a matted lump of sheep's wool or a stone would be the two or a, oh, okay or a stone so the yeah. <laughs> so that's how the cricket ball we have or, today was or invented. a small lump of wood yeah. Or a, oh, right. So we've gone from a stone. Someone was like, we mm. need to make that a little bit softer. So they wrapped the stone in the sheep's mm. wool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's how we got the cricket balls today. Exactly. It's all still sheep's wool. Um, what I quite liked, um, the first reference to cricket being played as an adult sport uh, was in 1611 um, when two men in Sussex were prosecuted for playing cricket on Sunday instead of going to church, which I thought is great. Like, <laughs> like, when you say adult sport, do you mean like it was 
primarily for children or it was like X-rated? <laughs> for, it was pro- yeah, for children. Right. Definitely. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I love the idea that we could do on, do on good church as well because we're too busy playing cricket. Cheers. I mean, that'll make even more sense if they were prosecuted and it was an X-rated adult sport. I <laughs> yeah, maybe. But, maybe. but um, uh, like those fuckers need church. We need to get them there. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, I then fast forwarded to the, to the first test match that was between England and Australia. The first ever test match that was on March fifteenth, eighteen seventy-seven. Um, do you want to take a guess who won that game? I'm gonna go with Australia. Yeah. So Australia posted two hundred forty-five first innings. Uh, England 196 all out first second first innings as well. Australia collapsed 104 all out, and then England also collapsed 108 all out, and Australia won by 45 runs, bringing you all the latest cricket scores <laughs> in the year 2022 from 1877. Um, are we but, sure that's not what one of the scores was from the that's, yeah, 21 yeah, that 22 matches? Like, yeah, 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 I mean, uh, yeah, England at the moment wouldn't do that well. Um, but yeah, I was looking at the scorecard, which I found, especially for Australia's first innings, which is only kind of first innings of note. First of all, Crick Info has one of their batsmen, um, Charles Bannerman, who opened the batting. Um, they've recorded the number of minutes that he was at the crease. And I want to know how Crick Info <laughs> have, have that. No other batsman's got any recorded minutes. Um, but they've got him down as 285 minutes. I like the idea that someone's with a little kind of pocket watch um, in 1877, not counting the rest, but I'm going to count how long that Charles Bannerman is going to be batting in this game. Uh, you've just got one Charles <laughs> Bannerman fan. Yeah, watching. he's obsessed. Like, yeah, <laughs> He was the first, like, YouTuber. It's like, yeah, <laughs> this is a Charles Bannerman fan channel. <laughs> how I many minutes it. can he bat? But it's, it's a hell of an innings, though. It's, just a, it's not a silly point, really, but it's a great knock. Um, so he got 165. Um, the next highest score was 18. <laughs> so, like, I mean, great innings, to be fair. Like, he definitely held the glue together. But then he also retired hurt as well, so he could have gone on. And, like, <laughs> back in the 19th century, retired hurt could mean, like, he literally lost an arm. God knows, yeah. No protection. God knows what the bat was, but um, and they're just it, throwing notice? a stone at him. He did. He did bat in the second innings. He did get four. Oh. Um, just one boundary. Um, but it's also there's so many things like Alfred Shaw opened the bowling for England. Um, he got three fifty one. Nice. Which is some good. It's all right. Yeah. Good respectable figures from fifty five point three overs. <laughs> what? 34 maidens at an economy of 1.37. Where is... What? (laughs) So Australia, they got 245. They batted for 169 overs at a run rate of 1.4. So we're talking about how flat and slow Australia and Pakistan was. I'm not sure how viewing for England Australia in 1877 would have been. Where was Dom Sibley? Around that time. <laughs> You'd have loved this. You'd have loved this. Um, it's got all their strike rates on here as well. Absolutely love this. Um, 
but yeah, and that's the 165. No one else got over 50 in the game. Uh, John Selby, England in the second innings, got 38. That was the next highest score of the game. Um, oh, sorry, apart from Harry Jupp, who opened the batting in the first innings for England, lest we forget Harry Jupp. I mean, is um, that um, he's a member of McFly, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Billy Midwater. Some of these names are fantastic. I I've know, right? <laughs> it's fantastic. There's James Lillywhite Junior. So who was James Lillywhite <laughs> Senior? I need to know. Um, and he was also captain as well, James Lillywhite, lest we forget. Um, but J-L-J. what I love. Yeah, um, Midwinter had a great game. Um, so he got five for seventy-eight for Australia um, from fifty-four overs. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm getting the impression that the number of overs they're bowling doesn't really matter. It's just loaded. No, I don't, goodness knows what their kind of reactions are. Might just roll in, <laughs> but I just think it's wild. I, lo- I, I had a good time looking back at this. Um, but yeah, there we go. So that'll be my silly points. I'm tempted to carry on, especially in the journey of James Lillywhite Jr. So maybe next time I might have more information about him. I mean, his left-hand bat as well. I mean, it's, it's like it's the perfect point to branch out from. You can either go back in time to James Lillywhite Sr. Sr., yeah. Or, or come closer to the present and go for James Lillywhite the yeah. third. Yeah, I think so. Um, one I've this is so I'll let you move on to your feature because I know we've done quite a long long pod. But last little fact of <laughs> James Lillywhite Junior. Um, <laughs> only played two Test matches. Um, so um, didn't do too well in either of them. Um, I mean he got eight wickets and two average of fifteen, which is pretty good. Um, he played two hundred and fifty six first class games. Um, an average of fourteen. He got two hundreds, but. Yeah, not, not not it's respectable to have two hundreds, but probably more of a bowler. Um, mainly because he got a thousand two hundred and ten wickets, an average of fifteen. So I think he's what? pretty good. I yeah, I mean when you said it, I think he's a bit more of a bowler. I think that was a little bit of an understatement. <laughs> Fantastic, but yeah, we'll we'll have more from James next week. Um, so yeah, that was. City points. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, seeing as we're called, it's just not cricket. We're also like, we're not all about cricket, right? So this is the just not the not cricket fact. Sure. Yeah. 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 Forget the strike through of the not. That's completely yep, end out. <laughs> it's gone. This is not cricket. <laughs> Sounds so, so sinister. <laughs> this is not cricket. I mean, I was. It's perfect build up to our thoughts on the new Batman film, right? Sure. Yeah. So, what did you think of it? Straight at the bat. Um, so, the Batman. Um, yeah. I'll yeah, tell you. you saw it today. Yeah. So I'll tell you one. First. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I'm really disappointed that there was only one Batman. And no bowl men. <laughs> True. Yeah. I mean, I, I... <laughs> that was a... he did. Though there was one scene in, in in the club where he did have a bat, so he was literally uh, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that man at that time. Yeah, very true. Good to see. Um, what did I think? Um, 
I had a great I had a great time. I enjoyed it a lot. Okay. It was very very long. <laughs> yeah, a little um, bit. Um, we're trying not to do too much spoilers in this because of people coming straight in, probably not expecting a Batman segment. <laughs> but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, probably. I'd say in terms of level, I think it's probably up there with Batman Begins, I would say, for me, quality-wise, I'd say. Um, I think the aesthetic, I really enjoy the kind of film noir aspect. What I really liked is that it's not obviously not an origin story, um, but it's still a very early Bruce Wayne Batman, and he's still very much figuring it all out, which I really quite like. I Going in and seeing a fully-fledged Batman at the height of his powers... I've not got a lot of interest in too much because you want to see that journey. And we've seen the journey so much from yeah. someone becoming Batman. So how did you get to Sue? And what's he going to do? Why, why is he doing this? But I think it's more interesting in this aspect to see um, the more the evolution to him becoming Bruce Wayne, if that makes sense. So he's kind of, he knows the, what what he basically wants as Batman but he still doesn't understand what his alter ego means for him yet. And I think sure. that's quite interesting. So he just try and see that journey to him becoming that, you know, playboy and extravagant, that complete opposite to what Batman is, I think is interesting. So whilst you've got him in this film, very reserved and moody, a bit emo, which I really love, <laughs> um, literally saying to Alfred at one point, you're not my dad. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, <laughs> but love it. So to see him mellow and evolve i think to understand that he needs to be just more than that as bruce wayne i think will be interesting in the films to come um and i think it's i also just really enjoyed seeing the detective aspect as well which i think has also been shunted to the side a bit in batman's of recent times whilst it's more been about the fighter batman and big action set pieces but to see it stripped back to the you know world's greatest detective working a lot with jim gordon I thought their relationship and partnership in this was great. Um, I think it's I think it's interesting to have a. Obviously, it's not new. We've seen Batman so much, but see a kind of more of a unique standpoint and a very obvious, clear director's choice and vibe. Mm-hmm. Sure. Personally, you may not agree. What do you think? <laughs> I, in theory, conceptually. I agree. I really like the aesthetic. I mm. liked the direction that it was more of a film noir mm, definitely. thing and that it was clearly getting inspiration from the comics and definitely from something like The Long Halloween. And like but, Year One stuff, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think the emo we aspect, <laughs> I, no, that's, it just felt weird to me. Like, he's got to be like, in his mid-twenties, at least. I suppose so, yeah, I'd, I'd reckon like, so. So it feels weird to me that he's still in that sort of sulky phase, especially two years, I assume it's, like, two years, into being the Batman or however long it's mm. been. Just it. Some... I guess it's, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a Batman who's trying to make the world make sense to him mm. by going out and trying to make a difference. Yeah, sure. But not... Being, but not getting the change and difference that he thought he would yeah, get yeah. by being Batman and not having that makes him even more this mellow, 
I'll keep saying emo, <laughs> emo guy. I mean, he he just is an emo, isn't he? Like he's got the proper emo look. Even when he's taken the black eye shadow off of being Batman, he's he's still kind of got it. You still see it around his eyes, uh, even if it's not yeah. there. Yeah. And like, I don't think I disliked it. I'm not sure if I liked mm. it. I think I'm bang in the middle of liking it. I don't. It's it's fine. For me, there mm. were a lot of generic tropey elements from like screenwriting or filmmaking mm. in general that just sort of breaks the immersion for me completely. I think you do get a lot, don't you, of comic book movies for sure. Yeah, but then would you say we got a lot of that in, say, the Nolan trilogy? Maybe in The Dark Knight Rises, but in yeah, Batman suppose, Begins yeah. and The Dark Knight, I don't think there was any sort of immersion-breaking moments. No. Where in this, like, even even the really cool soundtrack, like the main Batman theme, mm. which is good, but, mm. like, the first three beats, whenever I heard that, I heard the Imperial March. <laughs> and it, that just stuck yeah. with me throughout the whole film. Like, there are several tropey moments that I won't specify. Sure. Well, also, it's, yeah, sure. But, like, it's just, like, tiny bits that if you tweak a little bit, flows better into the story and yeah no for sure no I, I do agree with that definitely especially as well when you've you've got so much time and it's such a long film as well mm-hmm. um with a, such a long film do you need to rely on kind of tropes um yeah and like i think there's a few emotional payoffs in the film mm. that don't hit from this film by itself i think they're using the like audience's pre-perceptions of existing characters I can, yeah i suppose that's what you, that. you don't do an origin yeah 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 which i they can do to a sense but mm. they still have to build these characters in this film itself for it to stand on its own like if this wasn't yeah. a batman film would you care about true yeah so I, I, I feel like i know i but you know the, what, what bit you're thinking about and talking about as well um i yeah i i know I, I agree on that aspect mm-hmm. for sure um I don't think you could... People obviously generally know Batman, but I feel like would a casual fan go into this and love it? Yeah. I don't know, it? maybe. But I, I've, I've, I'm I've, quite happy that it wasn't an origin. Again, like I think I said earlier, but um, no, I, I take your points on those. I don't disagree. Um, I had a good time. I mean, I generally just love Batman. I thought Robert Battinson yeah, I mean, um, like, there was, was good some... as Batman for sure. Yeah, like there were some proper dope moments. I thought the mm. the Batmobile reveal was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, Colin Farrell is Penguin. I think I think his overall uh, use, like mm. what his purpose as a character was, was it ended up being really dumb in the end. But his performance, mm. uh, Paul Dano as the Penguin as Riddler, even was mm. excellent. I thought like yeah, cast. Great. Casting and acting were pretty on point. Aesthetic was... For sure. What... Yeah, what... Such such a, like, aesthetic and things like that, what I very much appreciated is that, for the most part, I could look at this film and believe it's a real place. Because I've seen filmed a lot in kind of, like, Liverpool and Glasgow and London and stuff. And to actually see real locations rather than a freaking green screen, which Warner Brothers are well-known for green screen, to actually see... (laughs) real sets and feel 
that well, what Matt Reed's really looking for, that real kind of grounded aspect mm -hmm. for it. I think it's and great. You can, like there's definitely a few shots that if you just took a still of that, you could see as like a panel in a Batman comic. Easy. Definitely. Definitely, for sure. Um, I think it's a promising start, for sure. I think I, I want to see more from that kind of world. I think we can really build on it. And I mean, Yeah, you say promising start. There's a, a moment towards the end of the film where they're clearly trying to springboard mm. and, and tease a next film. Yeah. Uh, and, okay. um, fuck that I'll, I'll, yeah I agree I agree on that I don't think you need to tease anything I think you just go easy just go straight into another thing and I don't want that other thing which they teased I want a completely fresh thing because I think they I think it's already been out in news anyway so I think people anyone cares it's going to have seen Batman anyway but I want with what like what they did with the Riddler here I think was great to take someone you know in the only other kind of real live action version of Jim Carrey to then have this version of Riddler to really hit home as this real kind of, you know, insane serial killer. I think, you know, it was terrifying at times and was great. The performance was like out of a horror or a thriller and it was great to really kind of flip that kind of maybe a casual fan's preconception of the Riddler on its head. I want to see that done for more Batman villains. I don't want to be seen for ones that have been done a lot, you know? Yeah, yeah, I want to absolutely. See, yeah. yeah, I think you can really delve into that kind of Batman repertoire of villains and, you know, do something and, really interesting. I think, yeah, and he's he's got enough villains for you to choose from. Hmm. And for sure, easily. any number of avenues you can go down to make them interesting in a more Definitely. realistic and modern sense. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see I'd see how they can really build the world. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to see them do a live action Robin Justice at some point and see how that would work in a real kind of gritty grounded universe like this or something like a Mr. Freeze would be interesting. So how you could make something like that work. Um, yeah, I've wanted a yeah, I've wanted a bit more of a grittier Mr. Freeze mm, for ages, yeah. like someone like Hugh Laurie playing him just be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the film I was most looking forward to this year. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's the one film I knew was coming out this year. Yeah, I I can't I can't really tell you of any other film God that's no. come out this year other than freaking Secrets of Dumbledore, which we won't discuss. Oh, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. I I I had a good time. Um, I do think it was quite long. I, I even I would love to see lots of Batman, but it, I did feel like, okay, this is a quite a long time for a pee break, which isn't what yeah. you really want to be thinking. Mm -hmm. We're watching someone's piece of art. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. but no, good. Yeah, any other Batman thoughts? Um, I don't think so. Not without going into spoilery. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we can go into sports again at one point in the future and stuff. But I mean, considering it came out just this week, but yeah. Um, Good times we had. The only thing I will say, just to finish on my points, I feel like we were very much robbed of more time as with um, uh, Alfred in this film. I feel like he gets very little in the film to work with. I would have loved to see a lot more because um, I always think that Bruce and Alfred's relationship is really interesting and I feel like we could have really seen a lot more in this film. Mm -hmm. Whenever you think of Batman, you think of his partnerships like Robin or Catwoman mm. or like yeah. his antagonism with Joker or 
Yeah. Like Rachel Gould or whoever. But like the true partnership is always Batman and Alfred. For sure. Definitely. That's the true love story. Yeah. <laughs> that is the, that is the true love story of Batman. <laughs> um but yeah, I think otherwise, yeah, I think that's just coming up to an hour, which I think is a good good meaty length for a podcast. Um yeah, it's that's not, been fun. I enjoyed yeah, that. It, it's not quite James Lillywhite Jr. numbers, but No, exactly. No, nothing ever can be, I no, don't think. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, we'll we'll get more information, more news about James in the next episode, I reckon. Um but yeah, that was great. Um we'll definitely do it again after England's first test. Um if you got this far, thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to give us a little like on the socials, they'll be in the description somewhere. Um but yeah, that's all from me. Anything else from you, Mr. Jamie? Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks guys. <laughs>